Chicago. What do you say? Cubs gonna win today. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time for the Cubs Podcast with, hey, it's Mike Presnowski. Hey, Andy. How you doing? It's been a while since we've yeah, talked to good, each other. Good to, see, good to see you. As we're recording this, the uh, Chicago land area is being pelted by Tom Skilling's revenge and his final night in the WGN Weather Center, whatever they call it. <laughs> All four well, seasons he, are happening at once, just for Tom. It, is he still just focusing his attention on like Fairbanks, Alaska right now? Or like, is he actually talking about Chicago weather? <laughs> He's got to be in heaven. You probably, probably never get him to leave. Right. Exactly. I'll just wait till the storm's over. It, it ended eight hours ago. Tom. No, it, that, look here. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. So on, um, on many of these podcasts, um, since the season ended, it's basically just been me bitching about the Cubs not bringing back Cody Bellinger. And I don't know. I got to find something new to bitch about because they brought Cody Bellinger back. Uh, how surprised were you that uh, at the at the at the deal? I guess this isn't my own opinion. This is opinions I had heard from other more national baseball podcasts, but like this felt like kind of the direction that the Bellinger contract was going to go kind of like in the model of the, the Carlos Correa contract with the twins. Um, in that, you know, he, he wasn't going to bet, get the initial asking price that he and Boris were asking for at the beginning of free agency. And he's still a pretty young guy. So, you know, if he opts out after this year or the next year, or he goes, you know, the duration of the three years with the Cubs, he'll still probably be at an age where he could go and get another like actual big contract like he was looking for this offseason. I mean, I to me it it smells like either he didn't get any other serious offers or he didn't get them from anybody that he found appealing. And so this right. was a hey, that's where I want to play. Let's structure it yep. in a way where I get a lot of money and he does. I mean, he's going to make 30 million dollars this year. We're not going to hold a bake sale for Cody. He made, well, hey, he made twelve and a hey, half the, last the, year. It's a pretty nice. The Rickets are suddenly now asking for that money back, though. Right. So you know, <laughs> well, now we got to fund. Uh, got to we need to give them the exact same amount, uh, so they can beef up security around the park for. Yeah, I would guess for all the uh, Nick Madrigal groupies. Keep them away. Yes, the of park. which there are many. And they're very small. <laughs> 
<laughs> they easy they get under they get under those damn gates and they're very difficult. Thirty million dollars just, just for chicken wire to wrap around the bottom of the right. gates to keep the madrigal fanatics out. They can just slide their way in between the bars or the gates too, because they're that skinny. <laughs> oh man! Because uh, the last I was on Tom Loxus's podcast last week and. He thought it would be a three-year contract. And I'm like, oh, come on. He can do better than that. And it was a three-year contract. Yeah. It's not really a three-year contract. I think it's probably, I think unless Cody goes off this year, which is, you know, Bleacher Nation's uh, dream, right? He has a huge right. a huge deal and then leaves. It's, it's quite the dream. But I think unless he yeah. has a huge year, I think it's a two-year contract. Because... You th- I can't imagine the market in general is going to change that much next off season that you would be comfortable giving up a guaranteed $30 million to go out and see what you could get. I mean, I'm sure Boris can spend it as well. We'll right. make that money up over, over multiple years, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think there's a decent chance that he opts out after 25, not after 24. Um, but, I mean, if he goes out and he hits – you know, 300 again with 30 homers and 100 RBIs. And, and now he's like, look, I did it twice. Then he's probably tempted. But if he if he has a nice year, hits 280 with 25 homers and 90 RBIs and plays gold glove defense and center and first, you'd think that's worth a lot of money. He may be like, I don't know if, you know, why don't I take 30? I have the 30s in the bag. Right. And then I'll, he'll, he'll only be 30 years old at the end of that second year. Exactly. Right. I mean, knowing knowing the Cubs' luck with contracts like this, where there's a bunch of opt-outs, you know, early in the contract for outfielders who had previously been all-stars, it's all setting up for Cody Bellinger to just completely bomb and go back to being the player he was, you know, the last three years that he was in L.A., much like Jason Hayward. They're going to announce, like, some, like, some, like, team sponsorship with... uh, What's that electric car that's not Rivian? They're gonna announce a deal. Rivian, Rivian. Yep. They're gonna have shoulder patches. Gonna I'm gonna announce that on opening day. Slap the shoulder patch on. They're gonna bring a Rivian out onto the field, and it's gonna run right over Cody before his first at bat. And I, I thought you said I thought you were gonna say the patch was going to electrocute him. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> Cody tries to plug it in. <laughs> Cody, what are you doing? Get your arm out of there. Is this electric? <laughs> The car, can this, the patch. Can, can this charge my weed vape pen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah or that's just uh, maybe man. it'd be funny if Cody just turns, just goes full stoner, like from day one. Like right. you see, like it's you know between pitching changes, you see him disappear into the behind. Like it just puffs the smoke coming out of the <laughs> thing, and he's like, you know, fly balls are just flying over his head, and he's like, hey, hey, Ian, what's up? Go get the ball. Hey, what? what? Oh, man. It's funny, you know, the, the Jason Hayward contract had that opt-out after three years. Right. And Theo and Jeb were convinced this is a three-year deal because he's going to be great. And then we're going to just let him go. Our, you know, waves of young talent are going to be ready right behind him. And none of that happened. Nope. <laughs> no. He didn't leave. He wasn't great. He didn't leave. There was no wave of young talent. Other no. than that, it all worked out. Hey, you got the one. And you know what? If you t- if you get that yeah. with uh, if you get that during this three year stretch with Cody Bellinger, I think you'll take it just the same. Yeah, World or two years, year. or one year. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, that'd be a pretty good deal. Um, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I mean, the uh, you know the Hayward the locker that's an expensive locker room speech. But a not my money, and B I've waited my whole life to see a world them win a World Series, and they did. So I, I'm not going to complain right. about it. It would have exactly. been nice if after a couple more years it was clear he sucked that the big market Cubs would have said, well, that's a sunk cost, but we need a better player out there. No, they never did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll get better. Just have we'll, – we'll get a new hitting coach, and they'll they'll put his hands in a different spot, and that'll fix it. Actually, that's what will happen, right? So, Cody, tomorrow at the press conference, John Malley will be there going, oh, he completely fixed his swing. <laughs> what? No. He fixed it last year. Don't fix it again. Uh, I, I I feel like he'll be fine because he he along with guys like Corey Seager were like some of the big left-handed hitters that really benefited from like the shift not being there last year. You know, he hit a lot more balls in play last year, and you know, it, like you brought up on the podcast before, his like average exit velocity went way down, but it all worked for him. And like you said, also. This is kind of the ideal spot for him. The other team that was really harping on him to get him was San Francisco, and that was the worst possible spot that he could go because yeah, any fly ball with depth is, you know, not guaranteed to be a home run. Yeah, that's a bad park for him. Um, yeah, Rayleigh is is tailor made for his new new his revamped approach. Um, yeah, I, I it seemed like such a no brainer, and I do I give Jed credit he didn't. He didn't fuck it up when, when it was clear that he had won. He took the win. He didn't know. Although who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe they would first. Boris came to him with like, all right, he'll he'll take a five year deal, at uh, six million dollars total. <laughs> and Jed's like, no, no, get him on his knees. I want him apologizing for even for even opting out of that last deal. I want that. And he ends up with eighty million dollars instead. Ah, oh, shit! I kind of screwed that up. Have him there like uh, Joe Pesci in Casino talking to a cowboy. <laughs> you go apologize right now. <laughs> now, it, it was not without its cost, though. Right. Cody's Cody's back, but that meant the Cubs had to make a roster move. And I don't, I mean, I feel very much like Jeff Samarja when uh, they made the trade uh, with since Scott Feldman and uh, Steve Clevenger to Baltimore for a couple of slappies, uh, Jake Arrieta and Pedro Strope. Never heard of them. How do you, no team gets better by trading Bailey Horn. Oh, definitely not. No team gets better by trading Bailey Horn back to his old team. <laughs> like, yeah. wait a minute, if they're taking guys back, why can't they take Nick Madrigal? Right. <laughs> Just put him in his suitcase. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I heard the guy they got back, Matt Thompson. You know, you look at the stats on Baseball Reference, and it's not the prettiest, but is a guy who had reached ninety-seven, and not a lot of guys who reached ninety-seven in the Cubs bullpen right now. So, you know, could be a guy that later this year we might see. The Cubs are still not sold on the whole velocity. Could very much be a trend. They don't like guys who throw hard, and they don't like guys who hit guys who throw hard. Yeah, no, that's not real baseball. <laughs> throw throw me a curveball. That's what I want. I'll swing at that. Uh, yeah. So you refer you referenced uh, me talking about Cody's uh, declining. Um, his exit velocity was down. 
his launch angle was down. And that a lot of people were like, oh, this is bad. So I went back and looked at his baseball savant numbers, and they were down, but they were down from his two terrible years, 21 and 22. And they were down from his MVP year in 19, but not that much. Like, part of his struggles in those two terrible years, which I assume, I'm just going to, you know, why not, I'll just assume. I assume that if, you know, he was having a hard time um, with his shoulder, because we know he screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> High five with Kike Fernandez in the World Series. is one of the great injuries of all time. <clears throat> I think he was trying to generate, I think he was swinging harder and trying to hit the ball harder to compensate for, you know, whatever he's feeling in his shoulder. And it was having zero success with it. Like the the better exit velocity and the higher launch angle were not working. He was terrible. He was an awful yep. player for two years. Kind of reminiscent of like Chris Bryant when he was hurt too. You would see so often like he yeah, would just guys, like immediately take the hand off the bat when he made contact. Yeah, guys do it all it was the time. so much they, discomfort. Yeah. You can't do it naturally. You try to, you know, come up, well, maybe if I do this or maybe if I do that. And it just you get worse and worse and worse. It's like it's like being on the golf course and you know you hit a couple of bad drives and then get mad and decide you're going to hit the next one really hard and you hit it you know 86 yards. <laughs> um, so I was less alarmed than I was before I looked at those numbers because you know he's it was his x velocity was not great. It was like 80, 87.8 miles an hour or something like that. But it was like 90.9 when he was MVP. It's not like he was 101. And just crushing everything. This is kind of how he hits. And you know, he was an MVP hitting that way. And he was very good for the Cubs last year. I think if there's one thing he's probably going to be hard-pressed to duplicate, it's the batting average. Just because he changed his two-strike approach, and it worked, like, incredibly well. Like, his, right. like his BABIP on two, two strikes was, like, 368. It's, like, 100 and some points higher than league average more than that maybe and i think you could still be really good and you don't hit 368 with two strikes and you hit 294 instead of 309 it doesn't mean you had a worse year i think there was a little i think the stats are a little there's a little puffery in there um but i don't think it's i think he's still a very very valuable player even if it comes down a little bit because he the nice thing about Cody is he's just he's good at everything. Mm-hmm. You know he's he hits for power. He hits for a decent average. He doesn't now he doesn't strike out as much. He's fast even though he doesn't look like it. He's a great outfielder. He's a really good first baseman. Um, right. I mean it'd be nice if they could find a way for him to play center and first at the same time. Seems like a lot of running, but I'd give it a shot. Like yeah, having Bugs Bunny. Bugs yeah, Bunny at, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who's backing up Cody? Cody's backing up Cody at first. How is he doing this? I've never <laughs> seen anything in my life. And uh, Tom's over there. We only have to pay for eight guys, right? That's how this works. Right. Yeah. Who needs Shohei Otani when we got this guy? <laughs> I really thought it would be funny. Now, I, from the little we've, you know, got to see of P. Crow, P. Crow Armstrong. As Rick Sutcliffe, yep. Yeah, P. Crow. <laughs> He seems like a really like he seems like just a really cool guy. Like for a kid, and he's a kid. He's twenty one. He really does seem to have like his. He has a. He seems to have a very good perspective on things. I really thought it would be funny if after they announced Cody, 
had resigned, and the reporters ran to Pete. Pete should have acted like he was super pissed. Even for like two minutes. Just going on a, what the hell they need him for? They got me. What's he? I'm glad they're paying him $30 million <laughs> to sit on the bench and watch me play. Uh, I think it would have been funny if he'd have done that and then said, I'm just kidding. Um, but he took it really well. Or Mike Talkman could have done that. Talkman should have been like right. throwing stuff in the clubhouse. You're supposed to be the hometown hero, damn it. Don't you know the, about the summer of Mike Palatine? The or reality Mike, of it uh, is. Talkman? Yeah. The guy who should be, Talkman should be so happy. Like, Yes. This basically assured he's going to spend the whole year in Chicago. Because unless Cody gets hurt, um, it's, you know, he's, Tuckman is kind of firmly entrenched as the extra outfielder. So even if, even if Pete and Cody are both on the team, he's going to be on the team. It just means fewer at bats. It means less chance to prove he sucks because he does. It's, it, it's like the inverse of Corey Patterson in 2003 that you always talked about with like how his numbers were going way down until the R's start break and he got hurt and it froze his numbers at a good level. But here, you know, in a limited role for Talkman, yeah, exactly. It's a perfect he's role not for being him. asked. Right. You know, he's not going to get enough at bats for people to go, oh, yeah, he, he kind of stinks. Um, it's the old, it's the Bob Euchre where Bob said the less he played, the better he was. And then, right. um, you know, it's. Bench me or trade me. That was the demand he made once. Yeah. What do you? Why are you playing me so much? He literally claimed in his book, although his book, a lot of it is just Bob being Bob. Um, one year in Milwaukee, the regular catcher got hurt, and mm-hmm. Bob was going to have to take over, <clears throat> and he broke his thumb on a foul ball in like the fifth game, and he said, "I literally right. think that added like five years to my career." <laughs> <laughs> They couldn't tell that I sucked. That's outstanding. Like, Sorry, I'm on the I'm on the injured list too now. Damn it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Damn. So yeah, imagine how Adam very... Greenberg must have felt reading that. I said, imagine how Adam Greenberg must have felt having to read that. <laughs> should have added more years to his career. But... <laughs> I should still be playing. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, speaking Do of Bob Euchre. No, Adam, that's... <laughs> it's... It's still that's still the concussion. It's only been yeah, just in your head. Twenty-one years, or how long? Two thousand six, right? That's when he took one off the noggin. Eighteen years. Uh, oh five. Oh five. Yeah, it was the same series yeah, that Matt right. Merton got called up. You should know yeah. that because we just did left fielders, and Matt Merton was the regular outfielder in two thousand six. His yep. first full season with the Cubs. Yep. Him and his softballs. Softballs. But speaking of Bob Euchre, you know, up in Milwaukee, we got. Craig Council is the manager now, and I, I got to say, like, I think that is the much – it's, like, right on par with how big a move re-signing Cody Bellinger is for me. Um, as anyone who follows me on Twitter knows, uh wasn't exactly the huge fan of David Ross, and neither were you, Andy. Um, did a little research today, and, you know – Craig Council up in Milwaukee, he was there from 2017 till, till last year. Uh, obviously had the two 
great Christian Yelich years where he finished first and second in the MVP voting. And then also the year that Yelich won it, Lorenzo Cain finished seventh in the MVP voting. Other than those two years, the highest that any Brewers player finished for MVP was 11th. Okay, well, so can I guess who it is? Uh, I don't have it exactly written down, but oh. I, I I can look it up for you. We can we can research was this. Was it crap. Dan Vogelbach? <laughs> I don't think we'll it was Dan Vogelbach. I'll just assume it was Dan no. Vogelbach. Or was yeah. it, maybe it was Victor. Could have been Victor Caratini. You know who I think it actually was? Same position, probably uh, Yasmani Grandal. The one year he was there, Martin yeah. Maldonado. Martin Maldonado. Now Cubs, White Sox, and Brewers legend. Yeah. He got like he played for the Brewers for what like five years. He got like nine more hits for them than he did the Cubs. Which was none. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I know you know you you had talked about it over the off season that like the whole council signing and the narrative of it of him being with a pr- previously on a low payroll team that it could send the, the wrong messages to the Ricketts and you know obviously we're. We're thankful that it didn't send the wrong messages to the Ricketts and Cody Bellinger is back. But just the simple fact that he got, you know, production that was greater than some of the Brewers' parts all those years in Milwaukee. You know, the, the Cubs going into this year, I don't feel like there's any Eric Hosmers or Trey Mancini's or Tucker Barnhart's or anyone who's just going to be an automatic out that's going to sit on the bench most of the time, or Edwin Rios, that is going to, you know, get playing time that they don't deserve and not be uh, worthy of an MLB roster spot. And, you know, I, I, I don't know where, where your take is on that, Andy, but, you know, fire away if you have one. Is Edwin Rios might still be sitting on the bench at Wrigley, waiting to go He in. might still be. <laughs> Am I ever going to hit Edwin? It's... The season's been over. They're in, they're in spring training now. Huh? <laughs> well, are you saying you don't think that uh, that council's going to push for uh, Garrett Cooper, Dom Smith, and David Peralta to all not only be on the on the roster opening day, to be in the lineup? Really? Maybe maybe before Friday night I would have, but not now. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if council leaves Milwaukee and this year they score like nine runs a game? They just go ape shit. I'm like, oh, that skinny right. little guy was holding us back. Amazing. The uh, so yeah, you were right. You know the so when he first, I mean the, I was, I've talked about this before. I was just genuinely just shocked that that happened. I couldn't believe they fired their precious little David Ross and replaced him with Craig Council. It's great. Right. Um, and then we were all, all excited and all oh, this is Judd's clearly they're going for it. You don't get this guy if you're not going to go for it. And then we all gave the like, well, they're the Cubs. Let's think. What could the ulterior, all, the ulterior motive be? Maybe they're just going to go cheap. And then the whole offseason, it wasn't just them. You know, nobody really, except for the Dodgers, spent any money. And it just that just kind of, we're like, oh, God. Here we were trying to be like funny and pessimistic, and it's true. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. they did give $30 million for, for Cody Bellinger. And the nice thing about it is that he immediately um, fixed two huge issues with the t- like on the first two days, right? And that was Christopher Morell can actually gets to play third base, at least try it, and um, right. Ian Happ has batted first and second in his first in his two Cacti League appearances, not third, right? 
And those are two things that just would not have happened with El Baldo in the corner of the dugout. Um, so there's hope. It is funny. You know, Craig has said more than once. He's like, ah, the batting average is not that important. Um, you know, you probably could could do just as well if he just batted everybody from you know best to worst. Right. And then they even wrote that today. Like, so then Ian Happ said, "Well, if batting order is not important. Can I bat third? No. <laughs> it's not that unimportant, Ian. Sorry, you can't do it. Yeah. Sorry, Ian. You weren't exactly third on the team in average last year. <laughs> Although maybe 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 he was. He might have been. <laughs> um. But yeah, was it uh, Sahadev and Mooney put together their like best guess at the lineup? And they had uh, they had Hap leading off, and they had uh, Sayabat in second. And I like that. So like Nico, I I like Nico. I think he's a good player, and I've said this, and I still believe it. I think we will get a sign that they're actually good, that they're they've turned into a good team, when he can't bat near the top of the order anymore because there's they've got other better options. Yeah, and he's you know because he's a guy who's a good way to put it. He doesn't, you know, he hits for a good average. But he doesn't really walk, and he doesn't slug. He's a great second baseman. You know the rule changes; they they could not have found a more perfect guy to play there with the rule change. So it's there's Correct. it's not a question of is Nico good enough to be their second baseman? Of course he is. Um, but your offense is going to be limited if he's bat, batting at the top of it. I, I also kind of wonder. I didn't look. Um, you know. Ross, I mean, the Cubs ran a lot last year. They did. I know Nico, he had 43 stolen bases. Uh, I will pull up the leaderboard right here as far as they stole 143 bases, were caught 34 times, uh, at least as far as the stolen base rankings goes. They were fourth in the National League in steals. Yeah, so they were pretty simple. You see where the Brewers were there? Because I think Rowdy, Rowdy Telez led them with uh, none. I think that was <laughs> Yeah, in a league where it was way bases. more, yeah, way more encouraged to steal. You know, let's see. Of course, you got to get on base uh, to steal. The Brewers didn't do that very well either. That you you make a good point. Actually, you know what? Brewers above league average. Uh, league average was one twenty one. They had one twenty nine. All right, so they'll still be. He's not going to eliminate the running game. Right. But he might not be. So that seemed to be like Ross is like one move. I think maybe he just liked the sign. It's like my theory right. about why college basketball refs call charges so much. And my theory is that the charge sign is so much more fun to give than the block. <laughs> yes. We have to do the weird, like, you kind of have to hop on one foot yeah. and, like, you know, to make fists and hit yourself in the hips. Where at the charge, you get to go right behind your head and then give the big, ah! Right. <laughs> it's like a whole dance move. Yeah. Um, itching to call maybe... it because it's fun. Perhaps the reason why, like, David Ross wanted to run so much is just so he could tell, like, everyone else on the team, like, if that was me behind home plate, I would have thrown that guy out. (laughs) Or maybe maybe it was, maybe the, how about this? This could be it. We should, well, get somebody on this, do the research. Um, Ed Hardick, I'll call Ed Hardick. Maybe he knows. Maybe the sign for the Cubs to steal last year was, was Ross would pick his nose. (laughs) They're like, he's running again? Right. Ah. No, he had a jalapeno for lunch. Oh, what? He's up there. He's in that business. 
Um, so anyway, Bellinger's return clarifies a lot of the, at least the early lineup, right? Yeah. Pete Crow gets to go enjoy a rented condo in Des Moines for a little while. That'd be good for him. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think that, um, we know he's going to hit in Arizona. Everybody hits in Arizona. So you can't get too excited when he hits 412 in Arizona. It's just going to happen. Just let him go to Des Moines and get a few more bats in and um, let him enjoy, you know, let him remember what it's like to get hits. Yep. When when the weather in Chicago is like it is in Arizona right now, then he can come back. Oh, up. If, but if Cody's going to get hit yeah. by the Rivian, I mean, he's going to be up that, game that's, two. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Cody goes to center. The the great Mike Bush gets to play first. Um, but they really don't have a DH. If Morell plays third, yeah, probably got to have like, assuming he's still here, Patrick Wisdom. Maybe Garrett Cooper makes it, and that's your DH. Uh, maybe the great Matt Mervis is your DH. I don't know. I I have a new. I have a new great idea that I just came up with today, as just hours ago. I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm going to use my um, whatever authority I have with the Cubs. I don't know if they have any. I think I'm, do I have any? Matt Shaw is going to make the opening day roster. Oh, <laughs> oh, this would be a fever dream for me because I've been tracking Matt Shaw a lot in the minors, and I. I have been, as as my Twitter name has indicated, I am a prospect pervert, and I, I I've been tracking his numbers in the minors. He has done better than like any other player that's been drafted in the first round last year. So you're on to something there, Andy. The uh, the 1978 National League Rookie of the Year. Do you know who that was? 78. Uh, that sounds like that had to be one of those years where it was a Dodger winning it because it feels like that was like that era where like they won like five in a row or something like that. Yeah, that was uh, uh, 1978 Rookie of the Year was Atlanta Barves third baseman Bob Horner. Oh, never mind. Do you okay. know when Bob Horner was drafted? Was it in 77? It was 1978. What? He made his big league debut on June wow. 16th, just days after being named the, the number one pick. And he won wow. Rookie of the Year for the Braves. Wow. He never spent a day in the minor leagues. Matt Shaw already spent two months in the minors. He's overqualified. Guess who Bob Horner beat out for Rookie of the Year? A Hall of Famer. A Hall of Famer. Uh, Would this have been around the time that Bruce Souter would have made his major league debut? Uh, Maybe Bruce Souter? Yeah. This was a guy who uh, his... For that, his rookie year, he, his on-base average was 311. His slugging was 312. Wow. It was Ozzie Smith of the Padres. Nah, that makes that, – for, for those offensive numbers, that makes sense. He did okay. hit a homer. I don't know that it was – sure we know it wasn't left-handed because he was saved that for Tom Needenfewer in the playoffs. Go crazy, folks. So Horner was – Horner hit 35 homers, I think, his second year. Um, his average – he was always hurt. That was his big issue. He missed. He now he. I used to. I had stats up a minute ago. Why would I bother to click on him? No. Um. I don't think he ever played more than 124 games in a season. But for his 162 game averages were 35 homers and 109 RBIs. He was. Wow. Um. He was the first player ever to um. 
win the Golden Spikes Award for the best player in college baseball. He was Arizona State. Mm. And he hit his nine homers as a freshman were only bested by one player ever so far in Arizona State history. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds? Barry Bonds. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm looking at his numbers right now. 23 home runs in 89 games. That's getting done. He hit a homer in his first game off of a Hall of Famer, off of Burt Blyleven. Wow. Surprised I haven't heard about this guy before. I consider myself a pretty big baseball nerd, especially yeah, for that Yeah, Dale era, Murphy, but... were the, they were the shit on uh, the the other uh, superstation, uh, TBS. TBS, yeah. That was that was like when the Braves sucked, too, yes, in that era. They were bad. That's why he could go right from uh, right from Arizona State to the Braves lineup. Yeah, that's all making sense now. Okay. <laughs> so that's just a long way around. Let me say, match uh, already overqualified. Just let him Let's and Morrell share third. The other one DHs. I love it. I love it. Let's get him in there. So I do wonder now. Clearly, this these are the Cubs. They're they're not going to do that. Uh, but uh, do we think there's any chance? I mean, barring injury, do we think there's any chance he doesn't make his like big league debut in 2024? possibility i mean they're you know they could always they could always figure that like it's tough to say because like do you think there's a chance that like he's more than likely going to start in tennessee or yeah he finished he made it all the way to double a last year and i think he only had a handful of games there so it would make sense for him to start there i mean maybe he's not triple a's worthless it really is. That's, like, that's he should make a the good jump. point. He could have done it and done exactly what he did. <laughs> he could have gone over 13 if he'd gone right from Tennessee to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they, they should just call AAA quad A because that's yeah, he where played 15 those games, guys are. 15 games at Tennessee. Hit three yeah. homers, nine RBIs, slugged 523. Um, like, the, on, the only thing I could think of where he doesn't make it up is, like, say if, like, third base is just a huge black hole for the Cubs at that point. And he's not quite ready yet, and the Cubs decide they need to trade for someone again. Like that's that's what could block him, in my opinion. Or you know they they shift Michael Bush over to third because that was his natural position with the Dodgers and trade for a first baseman. I mean, I, I'll tell you this: to, you know, you don't even have to do that. You could move, but I think it seems like nobody wants to see Michael Bush <laughs> play third base. But he could go to right. third, and Cody could just go to first, and Pete could play center. Uh, right. And then Morell is your DH. So you probably have filled all your spots. I yeah. just think it would be cool. And that's just do it because it's cool. What more yeah. what so other I guess reason it, do you need? Right. I mean, I, to, yeah, to me, I guess it kind of depends on like where he's at in his development compared to like how the Cubs are producing at third base. If it like if he has been at triple A at a time where the Cubs feel like they're desperate, they may just call him up. Or if so, he just Hits the shit out of the ball. They may be like, all right, fine. Let's just do it. Right. And then the nice thing is, I wonder, I I would be, if I were Jed, I would be more willing to bring a young player up now that you have counsel as your manager as opposed to Ross, who would, you know. Hey, Matt, that's nice. You could sit right over there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And maybe we'll get oh, you in a bat late in the game. Just take it all in. 
I, I'm I'm almost surprised that Alexander Canario didn't ask for a trade this offseason because of that. I mean, luckily, <laughs> maybe that would have been the case if David Ross was still here. It was but. so bad that Evan Altman apparently theorized that, <laughs> that Canario was hurt and that the Cubs had just promoted him as like a reward for working so hard in rehab and getting back, and that's why he wasn't playing because he wasn't really – capable of playing and then he hit a grand slam in like his second <laughs> right yeah if that's like, the I case i don't think that to... was the case right i mean they, they wound up doing so anyway but if that's the theory yeah, behind just... it way to burn his service time well not that they wasted you know he came up in september when they expanded the roster you got to add a pitcher and a player and it was basically right. like they just didn't add anybody and it's not like they needed you know at least thankfully we know that the cubs didn't wear out they didn't like everybody wasn't on fumes right. late in the season. It's a good thing. Yeah. You, good thing you just wasted the extra roster spot with a guy that your manager wouldn't play. Yeah, exactly. When the, when the day happens where you create a new wheel and it, and that lands on twenty twenty three, that might be <laughs> as long of an episode as the two thousand three one is. <laughs> um. But yeah, so it is interesting now. I wonder, I tried to do a little roster prognosticating who was going to get those final spots. And it's it's it wouldn't be that hard for the Cubs to finagle it so that all the duds, <laughs> Wisdom, Master Bunny, and Madrigal all make the opening day roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does seem like they are actively bringing in potential Patrick Wisdom replacements. Definitely. Especially with the Garrett Cooper invite. Um, Yeah, and then I know Dom Smith is a left-handed hitter and Peralta's left-handed hitter. But if those guys guys ever are on the big league roster, I mean, Peralta, I guess, might be in Auckland's spot. But if Dom Smith is on the team, he's... I I could imagine Peralta... Do you really need Patrick Wisdom and Dom Smith? You don't need either. But do you no. need them both? No, I don't think so. Right, exactly. The, the I could see Peralta making it as like a fifth outfielder, just so like you're not having to force PCA onto the roster, and you could get him every day playing time in Iowa. Um, it's, you know, it's funny. Another thing I looked up with Council too on his teams. Look at some of the first basemen he had with the Brewers because it. It's a lot of guys who were kind of in the Dom Smith profile where it's like these pretty sizable dudes who strike out a lot but hit a lot of home runs. And, Dom you know, I, 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 that's the problem. Yeah. He's just burly without the power. Right. I, I mean, he, I had, don't know. he played Did, basically every day for the Nats last year. And well, it's the Nats. I know, but so you give it. You give him a full season and <laughs> 527 at bats, 12 homers, 46 RBIs. <laughs> that's like that's uh, that's who was the who was the third baseman the Cubs had in like 2021 that like was super light hitting. Uh, Matt Duffy. Oh, that, that's Matt like Duffy. Matt Duffy numbers. Yeah. The other close to full season Dom had was 2021 with the Mets. He played 145 games, 11 homers, 58 RBIs. So it's, that's pretty wow. much what he is. Um, 
Garrett Cooper, I mean, he's not good, but... Surprisingly he, pretty good hitter last year. Yeah, he gives you a lot more than... I don't... He gives you a lot more than Dom Smith. Yeah. Uh, yeah, between the Padres and um, Marlins. So he got... He must have got traded for... He mm. traded for Josh Bell at the deadline. Uh, no, that was... Uh, son of oh, he former Cub David Padres. Weathers. I was thinking son of former Cub... Okay. I was thinking he went back to the... Yeah, he got traded for Ryan Weathers. Yep. Uh, former Cub star, Ryan Weathers. Never played, David Weathers. Never played in a... Oh, that's his dad. Ryan was in yeah. the organization, right? Or did I dream that? Maybe I dreamt that. Maybe yeah. Fat loser. He'll be, he will be someday. Listen, we're, we're making all... I think the... I got him confused with Casey Weathers. Look, it's fitting that we do all this Weathers talk on on Tom Skilling's last night. Yeah, it was Casey. <laughs> right. That dude. Ooh, it's like a fish. His eyes on either side yeah. of his head, not his face. Oh, he went to Vanderbilt. Well, Casey McGee <laughs> Weathers. And he almost spells it like... Um, Whoa. Whoa. Really? Like, uh, what's his name? Casey McGee. Yeah, the 08 Cubs third baseman turned brewer. Yeah. Wow. Casey McGee. And then Casey McGee Weathers. We're way down the rabbit hole here. was M-C-G-H-E-E. He just needs another E tucked in in front of the H. Man, that really is one of the worst looking people I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Jesus. it's funny, though. If you... People, it's a great. This is on a podcast. Go to go to Casey Weathers' baseball reference page. Look at his picture, huh? but then hover over it, and it's like a different dude is next to him, like this, like a guy uh, who actually looks like a human. You may have to DM that to me because I'm on my iPad right now. It's not working the same when I just put guy. my finger on it. Anyway, trust me. Looks, that's the worst. I've never seen anything like that. There's some bad baseball reference pictures, but. Oof. All right. yeah. Somehow we got on to Casey Casey Weathers. That's not great. But yeah, Garrett Cooper. Oh, boy. He's okay. He'd be good. Uh, I don't know where you put him. <laughs> put him in Iowa so Mervis can't get any bats. That'd be great. Right. Yeah, it could be your DH. We'll see. You know, assuming the whole Matt Shaw plan doesn't work out. Um, now, yeah. I wonder who they had to like. So, when the Giants have brought Pablo, uh, Pablo Sandoval back, which just cracks me up. God. When I saw it on, like, the ticker, I thought, oh, they brought Pablo back to be a coach. No. Pablo's back trying to make the team. And this is when I learned that, if, you know, the teams give out these non-roster invites just kind of willy-nilly. But there's only a total number of players you can have in camp. And there were really? people who were like, I can't, some guy lost his chance to make the team because they had to bring Pablo Sandoval back. I'm like, I got news for you. If you're losing your spots at Pablo, you're probably not making the team. So I wonder You probably what, don't deserve it. I wonder yeah. what star had to lose their spot in Cubs camp so they could bring Garrett Cooper in. Because it happened. We know it wasn't David Bodie. No, it wasn't David Bodie. Now, I missed this, and maybe you don't know. I shouldn't ask you this on the pod. I should ask you this before. Did you see any of the game today? Uh, I was only kind of tracking it on my phone. I, okay. I, just, I don't fully. know who the announcers were. 
But Mike Pusateri was not fond of these announcers, <laughs> whoever they were. And one of them was going on. I have a feeling it was Alex Cohen only because one of them was going on and on about uh, how David Bodie might be a realistic option at, to play third for the Cubs this year. And boy, what a great return on investment he's been. Same David Bodie that I. You realize the walk-off Grand Slam is a long time ago, and before he got this yeah. contract. So, no, he's been a terrible waste of money. I don't care. It's not my money. It's not even a lot of money. Certainly by baseball standards, it's just one of the most ridiculous contracts ever. Five it really years, is. It's fifteen million it's, with with like twelve million dollars of. of uh, he's finally. This is it. But he's got two options. Right. Just like Cody, he's got two more options. Just like Cody Bellinger. Please tell me their player options. Please tell me. That would me be great. Wouldn't it be funny if he turned it down? Yeah. $7 million <laughs> option for 20. I, I, I got to go play somewhere. And then he, so he yeah. turns it down. It kind of like, um, what was his, um, our old buddy, the, oh. the backup catcher um, from last, from two years ago. I can't remember. I have these strokes. I thought, I I thought you were going to say uh, AJ Pollock with the White Sox because that would—that's what he did oh, that, when he was there. Who was the catcher that they—they call you know their their Triple A catcher who they brought up two years ago for a while? You're not talking about Taylor Davis, are no, you? No, the other guy. God, this is bad. People screaming at. Hold them. on. It's gonna—it's. I hate this. My. Uh, oh, PJ Higgins. Yeah, TJ PJ Higgins. That one, PJ. How can I ever forget PJ Higgins? His dad yelled at Taylor during the obligatory. Um, I'm interviewing the player's dad during his debut because she was talking through his at bat, which I loved. And he, she asked him right. like, "So are you guys going uh, wherever the team's going next?" And he's like, "Well, you don't have a schedule." It was great. <laughs> PJ made it through waivers last year, shockingly, and then turned right. down his assignment because he wanted to go play in a different organization because he didn't think there was a future with the Cubs. And then he played in the minors all last year anyway. <laughs> hey, you can only eat corn so much. One place that would ever give you a big league at bats. You might have wanted to stay. the The city of Des Moines wasn't buzzing enough for PJ Higgins. Yeah. Well, he probably, you know, he PJ banged his way through Des Moines. He needed a new. He he needed a new town. Going to Reno, man. Need some fresh. Oh man. Needs fresh bar. Oh, he was where'd he go? He went to Arizona. Did he get a World Series ring? He went to Arizona. He did not play. Well, he did not play a big. He didn't game. go to Texas. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh, pennant win. They give they give rings. I know they give rings to the teams that won the pennant because I've worn Bob Dernier's. Ah, there you go. Uh, did he yeah, commit to Reno the Cubs last year? Well, it, no, it has left. his. I'm looking at his AAA stats. Like he went to he Reno. did spend some time in Iowa, and then yeah. Reno. I don't know, like what came first, but eh, oh, good for PJ if America he's still collecting to a check. I think, I think he left during the season. No, the Cubs bought him back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> June fifteenth. Come on, see, PJ. He's like, oh, come on. I like it in Reno. No, come on, back to Des Moines. See. This is what helped the Diamondbacks propel past the Cubs in the standings <laughs> for that last wild card spot. The fact that they ridded themselves of PJ Higgins and dropped them on us. There. <laughs> if you go back through the their playoff odds, took a an odd blip up on June fifteenth. <laughs> Why are the Diamondbacks a favorite to win the wild card now? I don't know. All he did was get rid of PJ Higgins, and he wasn't even on the big league roster. <laughs> oh boy. 
Ah, good old PJ. Now we got um, the backup, the third, the emergency, the, not the, the, the guy stashed in Iowa this year is going to be, uh, uh, is it Jorge or George Alfaro? I think it's Jorge. Jorge. Yeah. Um, I think he thinks he looks what? like Jason Momoa. He doesn't, but I think he thinks he does. He didn't have a shirt on under the jersey the other day. So you can see through right. his shirt and his pants. He's putting on quite a show. Very impressive uh, hair here on his baseball reference page. Yep. Actually, as as far as stashing an extra catcher, it's not a bad one. Like he, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't no. want to play him a lot. But the Cubs have had a lot worse. Like, oh God, we've got to bring a guy up than him. Right. I don't know if you saw this, but our old buddy Wilson Contreras is going full Josh Fegley this year. They're teaching him how to catch with his knee on the ground. Oh no! <laughs> take the mo- take take one of the most athletic catchers in baseball, and plant that knee right in the dirt. Oh man! I love I, the, fact I, that, I, the fact that the Cardinals have become so stupid. Is I just love it. It's great. I I love that this is the transition they're making from Yadi or Molina to. I hope like it's Yadi that's like teaching him this technique as well. <laughs> oh man! Yadi's like you know sometimes you can just sit down. If it's really, it gets hot. You just sit. That's fine. The, the ump's gonna yeah. call everything a strike. <laughs> like, no, that's only for you, Yadi. You know, hey Wilson, take some of this pine tar right here. Put it on your chest protector. <laughs> you won't ever have to chase just... down a, a ball behind you again. Yeah. Yadi's just standing there whipping balls at Wilson's chest protector. It's like, what are you doing? You don't have enough shit on there. These aren't sticking. <laughs> Go tar up. Yeah. Now, so uh, Oliver Marmol. I, you could bet on this stuff. I need to do this. I should save this for uh, like a, a season preview. If you could bet Wait. on first manager fired, Ooh. it's Oliver Marmol. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Are, you can't get you can't give me uh, you can't give me low enough odds. I'll take it. I'll take anything because Yadi is now like a special assistant. He's going to be the manager Ooh. before the All Star break. Interesting. And I have a feeling I... Yadi's going to manage in like full gear. Like they're gonna show him, and it's gonna have—he's gonna have the great. mask on and the chest protector, and it's just like it, ah, I, guess, I feel more part of the game. Either have, that, have it be or the he'll wear basketball shorts and a tank top. <laughs> well, have it be the reverse of uh, David Ross's last regular season game, where he like came out in full catcher's gear, like on the mound with Joe Madden. He'll just come out to the mound himself with the catcher's gear on. <laughs> Is that he put himself in the game? No, he just likes to wear the stuff. Oh. Guys, guess what? The, I activated myself. The knee, he likes the knee savers. They're so comfortable. Right. He actually Sleeps has on them. That's what he should do. He manages. He only wears the shin guards with the knee savers. He doesn't wear the chest protector or the mask. He just always has the shin guards. Right. Just in case. What if a ball rolls into the dugout? I don't want to get hit in the shin. But yeah, that's my, uh, I guarantee you that's going to be one of my fearless predictions for 2024. Yachty's you know take, something? Yachty's taking over I, early. I you may be right on that, but I think the same situation exists up for our friends in Milwaukee, too. Because didn't they hire, like, Ricky Weeks as, like, special assist or assistant manager was his official title under Pat Murphy. And he's basically – everyone up there has basically said, like, he's manager and wait. Yeah. So. The red the red face Pat Murphy? Yes. Got a little Notre Dame legend. <laughs> but only a little, though. I mean, you got to go full purple to be Clint. Good old Clint Turtle. Yeah. 
wonder if there is that's the first MLB manager fired. Can you get odds on that? Yeah, I mean I don't know if you need Oh it's uh, I don't know here they are. Go ahead. Oh beautiful. Perfect. What's this from? Covers.com. That's doesn't seem like a real thing. Um no free ads. Oh, these are from last year. Because Phil Nevin's on it and he, oh. he's fired. All right, never mind. Yeah. Well, I'll do that for a future podcast. All right. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, uh, we I, when we record close to opening day, yeah, he'll be up there. The Brewers are like, we got to pay two guys? Well, no, you're already paying Ricky. Well, maybe. So I was, uh, I was with the, I was with the Beloit Snappers when Ricky got drafted and got brought up right to Beloit. And, uh, cause we were in the, we were in the Midwest League West title race. It sounds East, right. East and the West. Peoria Chiefs were in there too, right? Cubs affiliate. Yeah, played the lug nuts in the championship series. Felix P. Oh, wait, no. Okay. Mid- Felix P. I got a different nuts. level of the minors. Okay. Playing some um, lug nuts. No, Peoria Chiefs are in the Midwest League. Okay. So maybe it was a different minor league team that was affiliated with the Cubs at that time. So Lansing, right. Yeah, the Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs had been Peoria, then they were Lansing, then they were Peoria again. Right and now, there's they've been South Bend now for South Bend was the White Sox then. They were the Silver Hawks. Ah, fancy, um, but anyway, should have been the Silver Sox that affiliation. But uh, the the second baseman before uh, Ricky was a guy named Calix Crab, who did play in the big leagues, played for the Padres. It's like the coolest name, Calix Crab. And um, Calix was um, was a really he actually was a nice player, but I don't know if he was hurt or he was tired. But he uh, not like the day or two after the draft, he hit a ball and he didn't run hard, and the infielder bobbled it and barely threw him out. And Don Money lost his shit, and so I get to hear it in the clubhouse after the game. Nice. And Don's yelling at him, "Did you see who they drafted number one? Did you see that?" And Calix kind of looking at him like, drafted a second baseman. What position do you play, Calix? Second base? Yeah. Do you think they think they uh, drafted him because they're so excited about you that you can half-ass it to first base on a ground ball to shortstop? <laughs> and then That's Ricky came up, and Calix, I think, became the DH. Uh, and Ricky played second. And Ricky, what he was really good at with uh, Beloit, and he was good at getting hit by the pitches. Yes, I remember that a lot he he kind of had a similar swing to like gary sheffield where he'd do like the arm motion before he was a and, he was a great yeah. college player great college player and he was a good yep. i mean he was he was way too good for the midwest league coming right out of college and it helped the mm-hmm. snappers win the, their half of the league um but now i'm intrigued i gotta look this up and see how many times he got hit well i'm seeing here on uh calix crab's uh baseball reference page Born in St. Thomas. How many guys do you think were born in St. Thomas that played in the big leagues? So, Ricky played in 20 games for the Snappers. 63 at-bats. This is Miguel Amaya-esque. Got hit by six pitches. <laughs> one, wow. every, one every 10 at-bats. Ricky was Jeez. taking one in the ribs. <laughs> Right-handed Anthony Rizzo. Jeez. <laughs> what did he hit? Uh... He struggled at Beloit. 349, 494, 556. Eh, modest. He was, uh, he played, that's right, I remember this now. He got called up after the, he played for the Brewers that year. 
at the very end of the season. Oh, three, yep. And then he didn't come back until five. So. Yeah. He may have had it. That may have been in his contract. Guys used to do that. And Where they would picks, get called up their same draft Real year. high picks were guaranteed to play in the big leagues their first year. Maybe. Yeah, because he had the 40. They were the, you had to put him on the 40-man roster because he demanded a major league contract. He's on the 40-man. That was back in the days when you could call anybody from the 40-man up and not have to use an option. Right. So why not? I can't remember on, anyone from, like, the Cubs ever weeks. doing that. Yeah. Lance Dixon. Lance Dixon? Lance Dixon got drafted and um, by, out of Arizona, a little lefty. What year was that, 93? And the Cubs needed a pitcher. They needed a starter, and they called him up after just a few minor league games. And he went 0-3, and he blew out his arm, and he never, 1990, and he never pitched in the big leagues again. Yikes. So, yeah, he, um. Well, maybe it's a good thing they didn't keep that tradition going. 20, 23rd overall pick in the 90 draft. Very Bob Horner-like. Made his, uh, made his big league debut on August 9th. Pitched six innings against the Cardinals. Lost 3-1. Eight hits, three runs. Um, his last start against the Barbs, the Cubs lost a nail biter, seventeen to six, and that was it for Lance. Yeah, hardly knew him. That was the old. That was the. That was the Jim Fry, Cubs. He was the twenty-third pick. I was like, to see who got picked. Oh God! <laughs> Here, let me pull this up too. Uh, look who the twenty-fourth oh, pick is. Another one of my all-time favorite Cubs. Although in a very brief. Oh, Rondell. Rondell White White. was one pick after Lance Dixon. Now, if Rondell White gets drafted by the Cubs instead of the Expos, and he gets to play in that lush grass of Wrigley Field, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Had a pretty solid career in his own Actually, he might have been a Hall of Famer, but he would have been one of the top five left fielders on the um, Remember This Crap podcast that there we go i think you want to put him go. on the list anyway after like 100 games over two seasons exactly yeah, exactly Rondo, they missed him by one pick because they took lance Dixon. yeah very least would have been a harold baines hall of famer was that their was their only pick they had, yeah. like a compensation pick well i oh, wouldn't yeah, imagine they were picking 83rd because of the uh the 89 cups the playoff cups. yeah 89 were damn good funny to think about that era too and like the fact that jim fry was the gm and he was so poor at his job but around the same time like they were having a lot of pretty high potential guys come up that were like finishing pretty high in the rookie of the year voting he was just giving away dave martinez and rafael palmero well there may be other reasons for that yeah maybe we know what the reasons were Miss baseball, man. That stuff happens. No one, no one could feel the team if every team got rid of the guys who are banging the second baseman's wife. <laughs> Teams would be forfeiting. You wouldn't even be able to play a spring right. training game. Where are the Cubs giving in? Make Ryan's got to suck it up, man. Yeah, I know. It's just you know, Jim talked like this. Ryan, I know it's embarrassing to be cucked by two of your teammates, but those guys, uh, those are pretty good ball players. I made him sound like Paul Lind, for anybody who knows who Paul Lind sounds like. 
Jim Fry's the center square. Um, what about this? Jim Fry gets fired as manager, comes back Friday. a year later, yep. and is the radio announcer. Oh, wow. Terrible. One of the worst. And I always felt like they just were like, oh, we got to get Fry out of the booth. He's terrible. We'll just make him the general manager. <laughs> and I think wow. he got replaced by Dave Nelson, who a former player who didn't play for the Cubs, but a former player. I don't think Dave played for the Cubs. Played with he the was, Mariners, I think? And maybe the Indians, back when they were the Indians. And he was also terrible. Just awful. Jeez. There was some... I mean, to the point where... Um... That's yeah, Dave. That was with uh, Dwayne Stats's play by play on radio. Yes. Yep. Uh, Texas is where he played mostly. Yeah, uh, Tex- he did 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 start out in Cleveland. So he played for the Senators. <laughs> oh wow! The Senators, the Indians, the Royals, what, and the Rangers. I was wondering what the hell WSA was. Yeah, yeah WSA. Wow. That's why he moved with them from to Texas. And it's funny, the Senators are the Twins and they're the Rangers. Right. Because they were they, they they flopped once, moved to Minnesota, flopped again, started a new mm-hmm. team, flopped again, and moved them. Yeah. Kind of like... Uh, um... Well, you know about the, the Orioles? Like, the Yankees are the Orioles, because the Yankees franchise started in Baltimore as the Orioles... And then I think the current-day Orioles franchise started in Milwaukee as the Brewers. Well, they were the Browns, I know. For, for a long time before they moved to Baltimore, yes. Yeah, the good old... That was a that was barely a team. <laughs> yeah. St. Louis Browns. <laughs> they did play in a World Series during the uh, war, though. So did the Cubs. Yes. <laughs> yes, you, correct. You just how... <laughs> when every able... I, Every able-bodied man was either in the Pacific or the or in Europe fighting. The Cubs' entire roster was intact because none right. of them could pass the physical. That's how and then uh, Stan Phil Cap- Right. That's how Phil Cabaretta wins an MVP with like two home runs. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we got to give it to somebody. Yeah, give it right. to Phil. Dude, he seems like a hell of a guy. Yeah. I th- I think I read somewhere too that like some newspaper writer around that time, when it you know when it the after the point where the Tigers had already clinched the AL and the Cubs had already clinched the NL, that he declared it as like a World Series that no neither of these teams should win because they were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. The Milwaukee Brewers, the original 1901, then moved to St. Louis to be the Browns from 02 until uh, they moved to Baltimore. Sometime in the 60s, 54. And they didn't have a winning season in Baltimore until their eighth year. That was a bad team that moved to Baltimore. Take what you can get. Yeah. I think the Browns only had. Well, this makes for great radio, great podcast. But um, it looks like the only thing 1924 until they moved, they had one. Four. Uh, six winning seasons Oof. in 30 years. Is that bad? Wow. That seems bad. That's, that's uh, very that's... Cub-like. If you go through, there's a whole stretch of the Cubs in the right. 50s. 
like, like 47 oh to I I, to I, like... I was by the way very like uh impressed when you were talking about left fielders uh with Donahue about the stretch that they had in the 50s of having like a hall of famer <laughs> like the entire time yeah. and then I, and then I tweeted this too like they have a hall of famer the entire time and don't have a winning season <laughs> and then you get to 2016 the greatest cubs team of all time and they don't have an everyday left yeah. fielder yeah we didn't have a, didn't have a left fielder <laughs> Okay, so the last thing, um, I know you saw this quote. Jonathan India stirred up some Cub fans. Um, yeah. He was asked his reaction to the Cubs getting Cody Bellinger, and he said, oh, he's a really good player, but we're still going to win the division because that's that's they're the same team as last year. And I read that and thought, yeah, I think he's right. <laughs> they had to make yeah. that move just to get back to where they were last year. However, I mean, you could make I, – I was – go ahead. Well, however, there is one notable upgrade other than um, Shota over uh, Stroman. It is the monumental upgrade of Craig Council over David Ross. Exactly. That's what should should cure a lot of ills. Well, and, you know, looking at the Reds, I mean, what, other than signing Jamer Candelario, Cubs legend, uh, what did they exactly do? I, I admire the, I admire the Reds' um, dedication to not having any pitchers. <laughs> right. Should we get some? No, we're fine. We got Hunter Green. He'll throw 112 miles an hour, and then uh, after his third start, his elbow will fly into the stands, and then we won't have anybody. Mm-hmm. It'll, be, it'll be fun for three games. Right. Yeah. And the other thing that's funny, that Jonathan India is the one talking shit. When, if they play their best nine guys, he's not in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's getting replaced would, by Matt McLean. He's one of those guys, right? He was rookie of the year, right? Uh, and then they brought sounds, up a whole bunch of yes, guys who were all he, better than him. He won rookie of the year the year that Patrick Wisdom set the Cubs' rookie record for home runs, and I think Wisdom finished fourth. He did have a pretty good rookie year, right? Two sixty nine, three seventy six, four fifty nine, twenty one over sixty nine RBIs, twelve stolen bases. He was okay, but since then. He said 249 and 244, and the Reds keep bringing up guys who are better than him in the infield. Well, take a a look right now at the the one piece of black ink on his uh, baseball reference page. He led the league in hit-by-pitches in 2021, and then after they started decreasing, funny enough, so did his on-base percentage in OPS. So maybe that was all just a fluke. Pitchers realized, well, we should probably be throwing this guy strikes. He's done, he doesn't right. hit him. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, whatever. You know, it, I, I, I can't take the Reds as currently constructed seriously. And honestly, like, it's hard for me to really ever envision them winning a division unless they have far and away the best roster in the NL Central because and and they don't at this point but just you know playing in that ballpark and having you know the thought of like every possible fly ball being hit out for a home run and you don't have that strong of a pitching staff uh, they, they, they may be competitive they may get a wild card spot but I can't see them winning division I mean I can't take them seriously if they're gonna go if every year they're gonna give up like 11 homers to Ian Happ 
Thank you. You can't get Ian Happ out. Perfect. It's like now that would have been now maybe in three years we'll get to find out. You know he's he went to college there. Right. I wonder if they would have gone after him had he been a free agent. Apparently they probably would have. But I, I there's some real Jeff Blauser potential there where you give the guy all the money and you bring him into the park where he just raked his he killed you as an opponent mm-hmm. and then you're like oh mm-hmm. god this sucks now. Dang. We wow. Can't, we can't find That's... out until 2027 because he has I, a, I... no trade until then. Man, imagine Ian Happ facing the Cubs and just being an automatic out the whole time. That would have been great. Like, but he's he's here, and, you know, we have to love him for it. Well, he's never hit a high fastball, ever, ever. No. No, he'll forever have a hole in his swing. But teams don't seem to, at least the, certainly the, the Pirates and Reds don't ever pitch there. Right. They're like, oh, no, his, guy, his guy's great. I think he does pretty well against the Cardinals, too. Yeah, actually, it's only every the team Brewers in the Central, is, uh... he, hits, he hits pretty well against. I think even the Brewers last yeah. year he hit well against. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'll i tell you this. I was there the game July 4th when he had the game-winning uh, uh, assist at the plate. I don't know what, you know, I couldn't tell you what he did at the actual plate. <laughs> he threw those two guys out from 98 feet. <laughs> right. Like, why are you running? I mean, yeah, I don't. I know the, I know that it says you can run on this guy, but he's basically standing at third base. Don't run on him now. I mean, he's here's the thing. Like we know from watching him, it's not mm-hmm. that he's not accurate. He just doesn't have a real strong arm. When he's right. reasonably close to home plate, both of those throws, he's gonna make a good throw. And exactly, they did it both. Times. What are you running for? <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, try it again. Well, you're out again. Nice job. Uh, let's see. Last year against the Brewers. Yeah, he had 1,000 OPS against the Brewers last year. Eesh. Okay. He had a, he 1,071 against the Brewers, 1,104 against the Reds, uh, 1,124 against the Pirates. And how do you do against the Cardinals? Cardinals, 1038. 980 against the White Sox. So yeah. at least, he also lit up at the least... Nationals. Uh, national 11 so yeah 1101 wow but that's pretty good he had a he had a ops of over a thousand against every team in the division so yeah go. then th- then you scroll don't scroll down and look at what he did against the diamondbacks no. though because that's not pretty no. diamondbacks braves uh, he did it the dodgers they, only played the, they played the dodgers seven times for wrigley three in la he had already against them. Yeah. But most good teams he didn't hit. Which tracks. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't let you plug your other podcast at the beginning. I'm a bad host. No worries, Andy. Uh, but yeah. Reward all the people <laughs> who made it to the end. <clears throat> I'll do this at the beginning from now on. Here's your plug. Now take it, folks. Um, yeah, the, in addition to this podcast uh, for this season, um, also continuing on with uh, the Chicago Sports Bums this year. Again, uh, you know, last season they've been very gracious to me. They mainly a White Sox site, uh, but they were looking to expand their coverage into all Chicago sports. So myself, John Oliva, we will be hosting a live YouTube uh, show 
every Monday or Tuesday night, depending on what his work schedule looks like. But that can all be seen. Uh, Chicago Sports Bums YouTube page. Follow the podcast page on Twitter at Bums and Bleachers. Sounds good. Yep. Well, I'm glad to have you aboard to talk Cubs this year. I think it's I think it's going to be fun. I think they're actually going to be kind of good. So I believe so too. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Thank you, Andy. Many of us have herpes. This is rough, but it's also finished. This fitting has got to be done with one of the best games of all time. Just unbelievable. Got to congratulate the uh, the Dolan family.